Alright, how we doing everybody? I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Our show is brought to you by Vegas Live 365. If you are looking for a way to bet on sports from the comfort of your own home, if you're tired of driving across the bridge, Vegas 365 is your spot. Message me, Will Reddington 4 on Twitter if you want to get set up, whether you bet $5 or $5,000 every single week. Vegas 365 has you covered. Our show is also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy Sports. Use promo code RED with two Ds for a $20 deposit bonus on any deposit, $20 or more. Thrive has awesome NFL contests rolling each weekend. You could win up to $10,000. And of course, we are also brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. O'Shea's Irish Pub, as concerts and events start to return to the KFC Yum Center, there's no spot more equipped to give you the best pregame or the best postgame you could ever ask for than O'Shea's Irish Pub, downtown 123 Main Street. Very easy to remember. All right, let's get it going. Red Talk, we are back after a luxurious week off. A.B. Austin Bickett is here. I'm your host, Will Reddington. And there is a lot going on in the sports world. MLB's rolling. Champions League semifinals kicked off today. NBA playoffs. Teams are getting eliminated. Well, just one. We're going to talk about them. And NFL draft starts on Thursday. It's going all weekend. Hey, man, what's going on? What's going on, man? Pretty uh, decent stretch of little sports here. A decent, yeah, it, it is, and it's kind of the only NFL thing we really get to do until week one when we're sitting at Roosters, so uh, this is exciting. It's a little taste of what's to come. I don't always think that the draft is the most exciting thing to watch, but uh, I do like when we all get together on Thursday and you know people are walking across that stage. People haven't walked across stage in a while. COVID, we finally beat it. We have we have defeated COVID finally. I love the draft. I know it's it might be a little boring for me and you this year. Neither of our teams have a first round pick, but still still one of the best nights of the year. NFL still king. It's gonna be on the main TV for me, and I, I'll be locked into every pick and uh, acting like I know if it's a good pick or a bad pick. That's that's good. That's why you're here because the draft doesn't mean anything to us Rams fans, us Super Bowl champions. We're making featured films instead of having draft picks. I think we'll draft at some point in the third or fourth round. I'm sure the guy will emerge to be a star such as Jordan Fuller, picked in the sixth round a couple years ago. It's kind of what the Rams do. But let's do the NBA playoffs first. Uh, Celtics, wow. How about the run? 4-0 sweep of the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are headed home. This will be the first second round in, I think, like 20 years where KD and LeBron both are not present. Very wild. This was the uh, closest lined first round series, and it is the only sweep. What you think? Are we kind of called that the Celtics would um, handle them pretty easily? I don't think we said sweep. I definitely didn't think it would be a sweep. Yeah. Uh, the odds for them to be the not only to get swept, but to be the only team to get swept had to be plus 100,000. 
Yeah, absolutely insane. I mean, who who could predict that, especially with so many other series out there, like the Bucks and the Bulls, yeah. where you're like, oh, this would be a miracle if it isn't a sweep. And it, it does appear that it's going to end in five games with Zach Levine going in the COVID list, a 12-point line for the game tomorrow in Milwaukee. So it, it is wild, though. Brooklyn trailed for, I think, the last eight minutes of Game 2, 38 minutes in Game 3, and then wire-to-wire victory for the Celtics last night. 48 minutes, led the entire time. It just felt like they were playing catch-up the entire game and I, I think the Celtics are just that good when you're watching the Nets and what like Seth Curry gave him last night once he finally starts getting back in the mix and all the different options they had off the bench I, I don't think they had enough time together as a unit but like you saw Dragic kind of keep him in the game it, it's a pretty good team I, I don't want to like on the Nets at all I, I just think the Celtics are that good the Celtics are that good and I mean particularly on the Defensive end. I mean, KD had more turnovers this series than any series in his career. Kyrie came out afterwards saying, I wish we just had more time to play together, which is objectively hilarious given what went on the entire season and why they didn't have more time. Uh, ben Simmons, what a clown, getting roasted by the entire world. Uh, I don't really need to pile on any more than the entire world is, but just a disaster of a of a team, uh, of a year, I should say, not of a team. But uh, Kevin Durant, He's not getting as as much blame as these other guys, but he was really bad games one through three. He came out and played a little better. At least he went down shooting in game four. Like, he played pretty well in game four. Kyrie just looked disinterested, just didn't really look like he was going to do anything. That Those first two games in Boston, I think, just kind of drained him. He had a really good game one and then disappeared game two, three, and four. It'll be interesting to see if the Nets keep Kyrie. Uh, I know he said he wants to be back. He also said he was going to resign with Boston a couple years ago, which started all this. Uh, it would be interesting to see if KD wants him or Simmons back. I think the final decision all comes down to Kevin Durant. So on paper, they look like they could be a couple pieces away from contending for a title, but it's been a pretty big failure the first two years. Yeah, it has. And on the nets, I, I don't think that Kyrie is going anywhere. I've seen the retirement stuff. I, I think it's a, a little ridiculous. I do think that he... He is taking blame for uh, all the games he missed due to his uh, stance on the COVID vaccine. But also, I don't know why he would go anywhere. This Nets team isn't that far away from making a deep run. I, this this felt like a very lopsided series because it was. But if they had a full year together and they get some pieces in place, they're going to be a lot better than they showed to be in games two through four. And KD, the weird thing with him is he usually makes the right play. And I think that's why you saw him shoot so much less because he's such a smart player. And if they're doubling him and they're all up in him, he's going to make the right play to someone else. But he kept like passing it out of bounds. He just yeah, seemed so weird off. turnovers. Yeah, like passes that just aren't even close that you can't really, as a fan, be like, oh, I see what he was trying to do there. It just didn't work. But still, a Drummond, Claxton, I, I think these guys are they're serviceable big men. And I, I think that they are a lot closer than it feels right now. The Ben Simmons thing is an absolute travesty. There's no way you can tell me if they don't win game three that he wouldn't have played in game four. I honestly was thinking about it. I think they would have had to completely beat the Celtics and then been up like 2-0 in their next series for him to come back. Honestly. It, it, you could be right. I mean, th there is so much pressure that goes into an elimination game at home when nobody in the world thought you would get swept. The Nets went into the season as the odds-on favorite to win it all. Even still, they're the seven seed. They're coming in the playoffs. They're like plus 650. The Celtics are plus 1,100 to win the title. And uh, we weren't buying that. But at the same time, there's a ton of talent with the Nets. I feel bad for Steve Nash. 
Uh, he, he could not have had fun dealing with all this this year. But at the same time, you go into the offseason, everything ends. People forget about all this stuff that happens as a few months go by. And you come back in with a really deep roster. So I don't think the Nets are in the worst spot in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever you have KD and Kyrie, you're definitely not in the worst spot in the world. Just I think the biggest mistake they made, and I'm sure they probably had to, and that um, and the James Harden trade was to give up Jared Allen. I mean, he is the, the piece this team needed really defensively and just an inside scoring piece. I know Drummond is kind of the same type of player, but he's not as athletic or as fast and just as good defensively as Jared Allen was. So that was a big loss for them. They're, they definitely need a serviceable big that – I mean, Drummond, Drummond isn't bad, but he couldn't even play the series because he's so big and slow. He couldn't keep up with the Celtics bigs. Them going to Blake Griffin after not playing him for three weeks just it reeked of desperation and clocked him being well that bad. He, he did, he did. Three. But at the same time, it, what really puzzled me about this series is that the Celtics were able to play Tice and Horford at the same time against the Nets, no matter who the Nets had out there. And it, it worked. Like Horford was able to guard Kevin Durant in certain situations. They were switching everything. It It's so odd because you think that would just open up all these different doors for the Nets on ways to attack them. And it, they just couldn't do it. The Celtics team... It, I don't understand how they are this good on defense. The advanced metrics puts them up with like the 0304 Pistons on how good they've been over the last few months who who won a title with defense and we haven't seen much of that in our entire lives, especially in the NBA. That's always the joke, right? There's there is no defense and that's what the Celtics team is built on, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have just made that jump. They were incredible all series. They they're kind of the modern version of what Kawhi and Paul George were supposed to be with the Clippers. They are that for the Celtics and they are even more. And Marcus Smart, I feel like ever since he won Defensive Player of the Year, his defense has gotten a lot better. I mean, he almost had that steal on KD to seal the series. It's like that upped his confidence a lot. And they got Peyton Pritchard knocking down wide open threes, Grant Williams. It's a perfect team. And I feel like Boston teams have been so easy to hate our entire lives. I always liked that Pierce, KG, Ray Allen Celtics team, but they, uh, I felt like, were ultimately hated. Kind of the first little super team, if you will, of the modern era. And since then, I, they've had guys come and go, and I, I really like the Celtics team. Yeah, they're they're a pretty likable team. I think I think most of it is because most of them are pretty young, and I feel like we watched most of them play in college. Uh, obviously, guys like Al Horford on the team too, but. They're pretty young, and we've kind of watched them like grow up over the last few years. Like the level, of, I mean, Jason Tatum too, but the level of play from Jalen Brown the first couple of years in the league to where he is now, I never thought he would be that good. I mean, obviously he was drafted top three, but even when he was drafted, I was like, I, don't, I never really heard of this guy. And then the NBA drafts on all potential, and I guess that one worked out. But yeah, the, I agree, they're a pretty likable team. Jason Tatum is probably my favorite player that ever played for Duke by a mile. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the in the NBA altogether. They are the healthiest team right now as far as the teams at the top. Obviously, Devin Booker's out. Chris Middleton's out. If Chris Middleton's out, um, then, and Embiid is playing, but you can tell since he got injured that he's not the same. So right now I would say the Celt the East is the Celtics to lose just based on health. They're minus 200 in the look-ahead line to, against the Bucks in the second round, who is the defending champs and the East favorites coming in. So, yeah, I mean – injuries are everything in the NBA playoffs. It's so hard to stay healthy with that many games and that short of rest. And right now they are the team that's healthy. They're pretty young, like I said. So uh, hopefully they can stay healthy when uh, some of these other teams can get healthy so we can see the best possible series moving forward. 
Right. Yeah. Al Horford, by the way, back-to-back national champion in Florida. I do remember yep. that. They were nice awesome to, to play it. with on the video games. Yeah. They, God, they were fun. But yeah, they, the Celtics are completely healthy. And I'm, I'm glad you said that. It kind of segues into this Raptors-Sixers thing I want to talk about a little bit. When you look at that top half of the bracket, there, there's so much going on. I mean, the Hawks and the Heat are on right now. Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are both out. The Hawks look different every single night. You never really know what they're, you're going to get with them, but you know that you're not afraid of the Hawks if you are a better team. And I think that's why you see Jimmy Butler, if it's a game seven, does he play tonight? Yeah, I think so. Same thing with Kyle Lowry. But they feel like they might be able to win this game with the ghost of Victor Oladipo and Tyler Harrow coming off the bench. So you have them who are clearly battling injuries with uh, two of their best four players. And the Sixers, James Harden, uh, hasn't been very good. He was okay in that game five. He finally started scoring the ball a little bit. He hasn't been able to shoot three well. He's 0 for 10 on floaters this series. That is a wild stat. I don't know who keeps track of that stat, but thank you. And uh, yeah, Embiid, hurt thumb. Maxie's been awesome. I don't think he's enough. And the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet didn't even play last night. I don't think most people are giving the Sixers a chance in game six, and I'm I'm really not either. I just assumed they would close it out last night, especially with Van Vliet out. I guess that Embiid injury is uh, more than he's letting on. I mean, I'm sure it's incredibly painful, but no matter if anything in the hand, it's going to affect your shooting no matter what. Like, no matter how bad it hurts, if it's bothering you at all and you've ever tried to do something you've done a million times, it's going to alter it in some way. So, I mean, <laughs> it's it's Doc Rivers, and I mean, he's done this a million times in his career. If this gets to Game 7... All the pressure. I think all the pressure is already shifted to the Sixers. The Raptors were dead after that Embiid step back game winner. They bounce back. They just won a game without Fred Van Vliet uh, in Philly. They're going back to Toronto. The line's only one and a half. I, I think they get this back to Philly for game seven. I don't know if they're going to complete the job. Never been done before, but man, if Doc Rivers loses this one, I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, Joel Embiid has the exact same injury that Jalen Brown had last year come playoff time. And what did Jalen Brown do? He he called it. Although the Celtics still, I mean, we see what they can be. They weren't this last year. Heck, they they weren't this at the for the first half of this season. But Jalen Brown called it. He had surgery. He didn't play. Joel Embiid is trying to play through it. I'm wondering if that hand is affecting his legs, though, because it is wild how all these different Raptors players drive right by him to lay it up. They were hunting Embiid on defense last night, and it, it is really puzzling. I've, I've never really liked the Sixers team. The, the first three games after that Harden trade, you kind of saw what it could be. They jumped up to like 5-1 to one to win the title. They looked really good, but James Harden just doesn't seem like himself. On paper, the Sixers are really fun. Uh, Tobias Harris is their fourth best player. That's, that's a good spot to be in if you're an NBA team, but yeah, I don't understand how the Raptors are, are doing it, but we've seen what that crowd looks like in playoff games that matter. Uh, if you look back at that Kawhi Leonard run from a few years ago, it's going to be crazy at Jurassic Park, and I, I don't know who is taking the Sixers by one and a half in that game. I'd like to talk to them, but they, they do they have a better team. You know, If you line yeah, up the five, sure. they do, and it, it is wild that you, I, I feel like, God, it, it probably is going to jump to the Raptors by one and a half or two. Yeah, I, w- I would assume it probably gets to Raptors minus one at least before tip off, and you cannot you can kind of uh, hear the frustration in Embiid's voice about James Harden in the post game. He said that he just he doesn't want him to be this this guy that he hasn't been his whole career. He just wants him to play like James Harden has played in his career, which makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. There's a whole different narrative about playoff Harden already, and I, I don't know if he's injured or he's still trying to fit in with a new team or this is just who he is this time of year, but he. They might be able to survive the Raptors 
with him playing like that, but they're not going to be able to get through the next round if he plays like this. Yeah, it, there's really no more excuses for James Harden at this point because he's playing his natural position. He is a point guard, and he does a damn good job of it. During that little stretch right when he joined the Sixers, him and Embiid seemed unstoppable. They were shooting a combined like 30 free throws a night. He's finding him at all the right spots. And Danny Green, Maxi, they both can really shoot the ball. Maxi can also create you something at the end of the shot clock if Harden doesn't have it. Tobias Harris is kind of the same deal. In this team, I mean, th their bench, it isn't all that bad. I, I don't understand how the Raptors have not only won these last two games, but looked dominant doing so. I, I think the Sixers were in game five with like seven minutes left, but they pulled away. And last night, I mean, that lead got up to 20 points at home in a closeout game. It, their level of confidence going into this game six has to be skyrocketing down. And it, it's so hard to believe because you could look at possibly a Raptors heat the second round series, which I don't want to be mean to either of those teams here in the last eight, but that's it's kind of boring, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Heat the Heat can be fun to watch if you like a certain type of basketball. They're kind of like the Celtics with a little less offense. They do play suffocating defense. Uh, there was a clip of Trey Young getting guarded by Jimmy Butler, and then he gets yeah. a pick and gets switched on by Bam, and then he gets a pick and gets switched on by P.J. Tucker. Which is, I mean, if you look at Trey Young's numbers this series, he's been basically he's non-existent. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that's very much fun. But yeah, the Heat, the Heat are the one seed for a reason. They're the the probably the best defensive team. Them and right there with the Celtics, the best defensive team. But I mean, I mean, Scotty Barnes did come back. They haven't lost since he came back. They did lose Game One when he played the majority of it. But they have a bunch of really tall, long guys that can. Most of them can shoot pretty well. That can they, a bunch of different bodies you can just throw it and beat and they not get worn out because they have so much depth with all these they just have a different lengthy guy come off the bench they have OG uh, Precious Scotty Barnes and then Boucher I mean they're all it's like the, you can tell the Raptors definitely have a certain type when they get in the draft room yeah that they're looking for and and that enables them to switch everything and it's given the Sixers some open looks from three and they're just not knocking them down I don't know what it is about Danny Green he's one of one of the best NBA yeah. finals three-point shooters of all time <laughs> he, he just he's there he's not you can usually tell on his first or yeah. second shot if it's going to be a good Danny Green game or it's going to be a trending on Twitter Danny Green game and it's not good if it's like man we need a good Danny Green game or we're going to get eliminated <laughs> it's it's not it doesn't reek champion you know i i don't know what it is but he is a three-time champion with three teams either way it's going to be fun i think we're going to get a game seven and, and probably a juicy plus number on the toronto raptors in that game uh last series i don't want to dive into the whole thing because there's things happening behind us tonight that we're going to sound uh out of touch with uh mavs jazz i uh i just felt wrong when the jazz won game four you know, yeah, I just, like, I'm ready for this to be over. Didn't I mean, it feel I, wrong? It's like, why are we, why are we yeah. doing this? And they come I, out and lay a complete egg and in Dallas last I, night. I got to say, though, Donovan throwing that alley-oop to Gobert in game four, him dunking it, and then them, like, jumping in the air and doing that thing that wide receivers do when they score a touchdown. It's like awkward, though. It's like, what? Aggressive. Yeah, I, they, they, I mean, they clearly hate each other. Everybody knows it. it's not a secret. It, but that's like, a, you know, if that would have been in Game 7, that could be like out of a movie, you know, where they don't show what happens the rest yeah. of the playoffs. Like Two guys we that hate, we hate, hate each, each other, come together for the common goal of winning. The fifth pass he's made to him all year is this alley-oop <laughs> to win a series, but it wasn't. It was, mean, it was game a lot four. of them. Yeah. And <laughs> Luca, Luca hits that three in Game 4. 
Donovan was, like, was probably pissed when he saw him was that wide open. He's like, I guess I have to do this. I guess I have to do this. <laughs> I guess I have five points since the start of the second <laughs> quarter. I might want to pass. You know, everybody in the city, we, we love Donovan Mitchell. You, you know, I was at your house during game one and i needed the jazz win so i'm over there doing spider-man spider-man yeah. I, I i cannot stand watching the jazz and donovan counts <laughs> towards that too it, the way he kind of took control of that mavs game four early and then for whatever reason just doesn't score anymore i don't know what it is he seems disconnected and the reason i'm bringing all this up is because we're headed towards a game six in utah the mavs absolutely dominated last night the mavs are favored by two and a half in this game that's what it is right now. And Donovan is listed as a game time decision with bruises on both of his quads. He got an MRI on something else. And that's like it, one of the worst injuries you can have. Like if you're a jump shooter, that like has to constantly jump and shoot the ball. I think he's two for 24 on his last uh, yeah. 24 threes in the series. So I don't know how much worse that makes him. Maybe he's been dealing with that before. But I. You know, a lot of like this is an elimination game for the Jazz, and this is a series against a Mavericks team that has Luka, but not a ton else. Uh, Jalen Brunson doing that to them, I think, is an anomaly. He's going to get paid a lot of money. I think he's very good, but yeah, this Mavericks right. team, when you look at the West, right, they're not like, oh man, we have no, no chance against yeah, the Mavs. They're not going to. Who they got the the Suns next, right? Or the Pelicans? Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying that they're on that side. Right. Yeah, I mean, that they could. There is a world where they get to the Western Conference Finals because of the Devin Booker injury. But, yeah, I, I, I'm i so tired of this Jazz team. We've been watching the same thing for six or seven years now. Um, Donovan is Donovan's still a really good player, but this, this team is terrible. They hate each other. They don't play. Rudy Gobert is like the epitome of a great regular season player that almost, I mean, he's putting up decent numbers. He's getting like 15 rebounds a game, but. How many wide open corner threes have you seen the Mavericks shoot every single game? Because Rudy Go Rudy Gobert can't stay down to help and he can't cheat out or it's a wide open layup or a wide open three every single time. He's not you fast. See so many, yeah. You see so many teams go small ball in the playoffs, especially like when the other team doesn't have a dominant big man. You've seen Andre Drummond just didn't play basically the entire Nets Celtics series. Teams go small in the playoffs because of bigs like Gobert that can't cover two things at once. You've seen these these guards have these career series against the Jazz like three straight years now. You remember Jamal Murray in the bubble just exchanging 50 pieces with Donovan? They can't – Gobert is a great player. He's multiple-time defensive player of the year, but when it comes in the playoffs and you can't extend the floor at all with your jump shot on one end, you're basically useless on offense, and you can't – it's not that he can't guard, but he can't be in two places at once in, in the defensive end because he's not quick enough. He just – I can't see him being a part of a winning – team in the playoffs yeah i mean how many 17 time defensive player of the years do you see get hunted over and over again yeah. in a playoff series it's very odd and for donovan somebody that's extremely athletic he has the build of an awesome defense oriented guard that might be able to be great on offense too and he's really not i mean look at what jalen brunson did to this team and if you look at the jazz who, who else are you putting on their best guard? You putting Clarkson on him? You putting Conley, the ghost of Mike Conley? Bogdanovic? You wouldn't think so. You would think it'd be Donovan, and he doesn't guard him as much as you would think. He's usually on Dorian Finney-Smith or somebody in the corner, and that's odd in itself. I am very, very tired of the Jazz. I'm looking forward to them being eliminated, and uh, they, they should be. I really don't think Donovan's going to end up playing. I think he's ready for it to end, and there's all these rumors about all these Knicks people going to that game one in Dallas, sitting in the first row. The Knicks yeah. have poached members of the Jazz staff. Is, 
His dad works for the Mets, right? His dad works for the Mets. His dad is an ex-MLB player for the Mets. And the the Knicks have literally hired people that are close with Donovan that have worked with Donovan in the past. Sounds like illegal tampering. It does sound like illegal tampering. Uh, Is this his his last year or didn't he just sign? He just signed, which is kind of what makes this messed up, but it's the NBA. He's got four years left on his team. There's really no rules. All he has to do is sit and say, trade me to the Knicks, and it's over. Yeah, and he will get traded to the Knicks. I mean, Go Bear's going to get traded. No and matter when, what. When Donovan goes to the Knicks, though, they're going to be one mean six seed. Let me tell you. Like, they're <laughs> they're going to be tough. Yeah, what, I mean, what do you think a trade package even looks like for Donovan? Uh, Cam uh, Reddish? From the Knicks. <laughs> I, well, I think they can't wait to get Julius Randle out of town, and I don't think he can wait to leave either now that Kenny yeah. Payne's gone. I mean, who, who would want to stay? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they had a mass exodus after uh, KP left. But, Julius uh, Randle, Kimball Walker, and Cam Reddish. It's something like that, probably. I mean, they're not going to trade R.J. Barrett, and I don't see them getting rid of Emmanuel quickly. So I think they'd no. be okay with starting over with Donovan there. I think they may keep uh, Cam Reddish, maybe get Zion too. You read a lot of crazy stuff from Nick's Twitter, but um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the Knicks are right there with the the Lakers. Every time there's a free agent, like oh, he's a Nick, unfortunately. Yeah, the main thing to take away from this is that. It, the, the Celtics are awesome, and the, the, my Celtics Suns prophecy is is not looking good because the uh, Pelicans are just Suns are in trouble. Yeah, Pelicans are some dogs. Has Ions over just dunk from the free throw line pregame? Can't give him fifteen minutes. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I'll never yeah. forgive him for uh, losing in the Elite Eight in college. So uh, they should have lost a taco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that the one would have been fine. Drug, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the refs drug him. Dawkins yeah. and his son. Yeah, that was yeah. that was tough. I'll never forget that one. Ah, uh, NFL draft. Las Vegas, uh, back to normalcy. We remember when we did a virtual draft where we all hung out yeah. together because we thought that was a good we time. Like, yeah, I thought we couldn't leave the house without dying. Yeah, that that is just an insane era to look back on. But yeah, it yeah. was kind of fun. We all just kind of got drunk and hung out I behind was a computer screen. So drunk that night. Yeah, same. <laughs> it, it is very memorable, you know, because yeah. we hopefully will never have to do anything like that again. Hopefully. I I think even if we do, I think we just won't, you know, we won't believe it, but, um, this is draft. It's, it's in Las Vegas. Um, it's an event that keeps growing and growing every single year. Uh, They had that Nashville was, I think right before it started and it was like just mass party in the streets for three days. So it is something that uh, people go to. It's really, really fun for NFL fans. Although a lot of these guys never see the light of day. In the NFL, especially when you get to Saturday in those later rounds, but it, it is fun. It's it's been fun our entire lives. It used to be fun because like you're looking for your U of L and UK LSU guys. You know wh- where are the college guys getting drafted? And now as you get older and you really start to like fall in love with your NFL team, you're like what what do we need? How can we attack this in the draft? And it also can be fun for some because uh, Fanduel and a lot of other places have like a bunch of insane bets that you can make on the draft and i cannot believe how specific it's gotten it used to be like who's going to go number one first quarterback taken maybe there's 10 things Fandle has like over a thousand things listed on their site right now it is absolutely insane you can take every single team in the nfl what position they're going to draft who they're going to draft a uh, specific props on all the quarterbacks how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round conference based first round bets it is absolutely fascinating that they even have as much information to put together something like this. I know you're really pumped up. I'm going to let you kind of lead the way here. Uh, the NFL, you live and breathe it. Uh, the draft is something that you like a lot more than me. So it, it's coming up Thursday. How you feeling? Well, I mean, I got to say this year, I'm a lot less, uh, a lot less into it, a lot less hyped for it because my team, does, we, 
have been picking in the top 10 as of late, which is why I've gotten so into the draft. And now we are not picking until 64. So I'm not, I'm not into it as much as I usually am. I'm still excited because we all get together and watch it and gamble on it. And it's, it is the NFL and in some fashion, the only NFL we get until September, unless you count preseason, which I enjoy. But um, yeah, I feel like this is like maybe the least hyped draft of the last like five or six years. I don't know if that's because the quarterback talent isn't good. There isn't like a clear cut. Oh, this guy's going number one. He's like the generational talent at the top or what it is. But I, I, I mean, you look at, it's 10 different mock drafts. They like four of them will have different picks at number one. Four of them will have Pickett or Willis going before the other one. I, I don't think many people really know what's going to happen, which could make it very exciting on draft night because you, you hear these reports that the Texans are going to do something crazy at three and uh, the Panthers aren't choosing a quarterback at six and they aren't trading for Baker Mayfield. So what are they going to do to send out Sam Darnold again? Yes. So I, I am. Yeah, I am still excited. Um, Obviously, it sucks not having a first-round pick. I'll take Russell Wilson instead as my first-round pick. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm excited. I think that uh, we're, me and you are kind of locked in on Aiden Hutchinson going two to the Lions as a prop bet. Yeah, it, uh, it's crazy how that he could, shifted. He could still, yeah, yeah, he could still easily go one. Uh, the Jaguars are coming out of all that, that Urban Meyer just disaster. I don't know if this is the year that you, like, try to out – yeah, make a big risk think, or something. Yeah, yeah. outthink the the mock draft experts and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I, over the last two days, uh, Trevon Walker has been plus two hundred to go first, and he's all the way to minus two hundred currently. Aiden Hutchinson sitting at plus two fifty to be drafted first, minus two hundred to be drafted second. So I think that's probably what you're looking at. The Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan defensive end uh, in Detroit, kind of seems like a, a good feel. Even his college coach Harbaugh came out and said that's where he hopes he lands, which does make sense. Uh, it, it is weird without all the the, the quarterback whispers going on. But another thing that does make the draft fun is a bunch of potential trades that could happen. There's still a lot of names out there uh, where you, you're talking about Baker Mayfield. Where is he going to end up? Uh, a bunch of wide receivers that are available. We've seen the Debo Samuel stuff kind of take off recently. He doesn't want to play running back anymore, even though he's a better running back than he is a wide receiver. Very odd. But yeah, if your team doesn't have a draft pick and you're kind of bored, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool winning the Super Bowl also. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah I have, I, I'd recommend I don't have that the luxury. Yeah. yeah, I don't have that luxury of uh, winning Super Bowl. The reason I don't have a pick, I don't have a pick because we had to get a quarterback finally. But, you know, it's all good. Um, day two of the draft is pretty exciting, too. A lot of guys, a lot of college guys that you've you've heard of. I'd still go on uh, the second and third round. So looking forward to another another draft weekend. I'm Pretty excited to see how the top 10 shakes out. I think uh, Willis will be the first quarterback taken. I think the Panthers are going to take him. I don't care what they're trying to trying to get these smoke screens so somebody comes up and gets them or whatever. But I think he probably ends up there. I think Kenny Pickett ends up as a stealer somehow. And uh, I don't really know about these other quarterbacks going in the first round. It seems right because, you know, he's a Pittsburgh guy and he could come in and be Blue somebody – that checks in if Mitchell Trubisky isn't great, or maybe in a couple of years, like you have him, you get to see what you what you have. I think that all of these teams, you're going to see a lot of trades, a lot of trading back, especially from Carolina. I think their next pick isn't until like the fourth round outside of yeah, that. Yeah, they have like pick. zero draft capital. Yeah, so they're probably and they looking have to fifteen needs. 
unless they're in love with somebody there. But yeah, like you said, they have so many team needs that it, it's just hard to, to see that being the case. But uh, in term, we, we think Trevon Walker's going first, uh, Aiden Hutchinson going second. The, the quarterback stuff is really fun. I mean, you look back at past years, we've had five or six quarterbacks we're talking about jumping into the draft. This year, we're really just looking at Malik Willis, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett at six possibly that that would be the highest i think we see a quarterback go and then after that you're talking about matt corral desmond ritter sanex high school here in louisville cincinnati bearcat and that's the over under right now three and a half quarterbacks taken in the first round under three and a half is drastically favored minus 325 i think if the Steelers don't get picket they'll get corral corral feels a little johnny manzelish to me I don't think Corral. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be great. Obviously, everybody says Malik has the highest ceiling. He's just pretty raw, kind of. What people said about Trey Lance last year, too, that's um, TBD. We had the same about Jordan Love, and he had, he's played like two games in the last four years and hasn't looked good at all when he played. So I don't know about those those long-term projects, but uh, Pickett could be like average, I feel like, like uh, NFL starter, but not like somebody that's going to go win you a Super Bowl. And I, I don't think Corral is going to be good. Um, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. I don't really think these guys are going to be very good. Yeah, and I think a few weeks ago we were looking at like, oh, Willis or Pickett are definitely going to go six. And right now, Fandle has the draft position for Malik Willis, Malik Willis listed at thirteen and a half over under even even both. I'd probably plays. take that. I'd probably take that under. It, that's uh, that I think crazy he goes top high based on somebody will get frisky and trade up if he's still there after the top 10 especially you're talking double you know i mean it's supposed to go six and now it's 12 what are you going to do yeah it could easily happen it's hard it, to it's hard to imagine any any draft a quarterback not going top 14 right yeah and kenny pickett's looking 13, at 15 but. and a half at, at his draft projection and then that that prop it, it feels really easy right under three and a half i mean yeah it's a high number but like how in the world could it happen and then you look down they have player to get drafted in the first round which is it's kind of cool if you like somebody that you would have never been able to take years past and now it's expanded so much corral and ritter are both minus 135 to be selected in the first round so that that is a coin flip style bet and it it, it could go over with that that thought process i am surprised i feel like sam howell in terms of like what he looks like when he's on it, I, i'm shocked that he's like comfortably the fifth prospect yeah, um, I, he's got a really good deep ball. I feel like I don't know about I don't know obviously about like his football knowledge and like how he breaks down film and all that. That's not really for casuals like me and you to know about. Right. But yeah, I, I, I before we got Russell Wilson, I wouldn't have minded if the the Broncos would have grabbed him in like the late second round. I don't think he's a like a top twenty guy or anything like that. But yeah, I, I'd be careful on these under quarterback bets because we see all the time um, the end of the first night. I think. This happened with Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson, where the team came up to get him at like pick thirty-two because like we're not, we're not sleeping on this. We're not waiting until tomorrow trying to make a trade. Like it's there right now. You see a lot of quarterbacks go in that thirty to thirty-two range at the end of the night when everybody's kind of already picked and you 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 kind of got all the big names off there and you're like okay this is I think Kellen Mond I think this happened with Kellen Mond he might have been early second but um yeah th that happens all the time so that that could easily get pushed over by a team trading up that nobody ever had in their mocks or anything like that so i kellen mod man they don't want to put him in the game yeah no matter what it, it doesn't always work out uh the broncos traded up for tim tebow at like 25 or 26 uh, the lamar jackson and the teddy bridgewater trade was still successful it obviously wasn't as good as lamar jackson trade up but 
yeah, I mean, sometimes it works out and uh, sometimes it does not. But it, it happens quite frequently at the end of the draft, first round draft. Yeah, if you have a quarterback that you're unsure about, though, and you can get somebody later in the draft and you're not in love with the rest of the board, it's not a bad move. We saw a lot of that in the NFL this past season, uh, mainly looking at a team like Miami. That was, uh, I kind of forgot Teddy went there because I was looking at that as a possible situation. Oh, two is playing bad. You have all these weapons. It's kind of go time for Miami, even if their quarterback's not ready to go. But you have Teddy, and I know you didn't have the best experience with Teddy last year, but it's like. Hey. Teddy was my best quarterback in six years. You know, he he's isn't good enough to. He's been there, the done that. that he's he's won NFL games before, and yeah. I'm not sure. At least in where Miami is, where in three years, who knows how many of these guys are left? They're still on the team. They're they're in a situation where randomly it's win now mode for the Miami Dolphins. Didn't think I'd be saying that on a draft preview podcast after last season ended, but they have Tyreek Hill now, and uh, who knows? And uh, something that's really important to a lot of teams is wide receivers. That seems to make the most impact in today's game and you look at the final four from last year uh wow all those teams had pretty good wide receivers when you think about it uh you look at the chiefs the bengals the rams the 49ers too i mean they, they got Jawan jennings kind of come out of nowhere uh it, obviously debo samuel but it, to have those threats they usually have a, a pretty strong bond those top three guys that you're throwing the ball to and this draft while it's weak at quarterback we can talk about that for days it does have a lot of good wide receivers are there any that you're excited about i think olave is kind of like the a lot of people are comparing him to tyreek hill which we get that every single year and it never never really works out um jameson williams obviously i think if he doesn't go down alabama wins the title last year uh the, the receivers in the last like five or six drafts have just i feel like have been on another level of talent and depth if you just look at the receivers that have come into the league the past couple of years i i Got to think that this receiver class will be up there just as good. And like you said, there's a lot of teams that need them in that um, like 15 to 25 range. Uh, I feel like the Packers have to draft somebody no matter what. I know they haven't drafted a skill player <laughs> since Aaron Rodgers has been their starting quarterback. But losing Devontae Adams and this probably, if not his last year, his second to last year for Rodgers, I feel like you have to, you have to go wide receiver. Um, apparently the Giants are trying to trade – Kadarius Tony, who they just drafted in the first round uh, like two years ago. So there, um, I, I think Debo is going – he's either not going to get traded at all, I feel like, or he's going to get moved in the next week. So a lot of, lot of receiver movement going on, and that is always exciting. Yeah, it is. Mechie is the other Alabama guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mechie and Jamison Williams. Yeah, it, both who, you know, with, with oh, no injury. Oh, Drake London from USC, I think – I think um, I like him to be the first receiver taken. I know he's not the favorite. I feel like he's going it's to be. It's Garrett so. Wilson, the other Ohio State guy that did not stand out near as much as Olave, which yeah. we'll never understand this stuff, but uh, that's what the draft experts tell us. Drake London has a sweet name. Yeah, I, I like him as a little little underdog play to be the – I mean, he's not like a huge dog. I think mean, he's like plus 150 or something, but I like him to uh, be the first receiver taken. Yeah, wide receivers in the first half, it's set at uh, wide receivers in the first round, set at five and a half. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams coming off the ACL injury, Drake London from USC, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, Chris Olave, and George Pickens from Georgia, who, when he was healthy, he was awesome. Great possession guy, but I, I feel like he's missed, it feels like 80% of the season, the last two seasons. But if you could take a shot on him and he stays healthy, this is an, another situation like the Packers are minus 170 to draft a receiver. That's obviously their biggest team need. I don't think they've like drafted a skill player in the first round their whole lives. Oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> their last like offensive player at all, I think, was Jordan Love. 
Yeah, which uh, did, didn't do but They did get A.J. Dillon. I think that was a second round. Yeah, was second round. I'm talking first round. Very good. Yeah, very um, good running. Yeah, but the, if they don't if they don't draft a receiver in the first round or like trade for Debo or something, Rogers should just go ahead and retire because they're not getting it done with Lazard and Sammy Watkins. Yeah, it, it's it's such an odd. The first round's cool because quarterbacks usually don't make an immediate impact, but everybody else, if you're drafting somebody in the first round, it's because you're expecting them to be a starter way more often than yeah, not. Day one starter, exactly. And with defensive players, that's almost always the case, and it's also true for wide receivers. So I do think that. All those guys I just listed are probably going to get their name called. George Pickens may slip into the second round. I could see that with his injury history. So it's probably going to be around five taken in the first round. But it's always fun. A couple Ohio State guys in there. Pretty pretty elite offense. And then also, you're looking at Odell, Jarvis, Depot, maybe Darren Waller available. So you can also find this stuff pretty late. It, it's it's funny how like they something, do. Something random, like some blockbuster will pop up. Like I remember sitting at Roosters last year and, all these reports are coming out that Aaron Rodgers are getting traded to Denver, and I was happy for 20 minutes just for it to fall through. Yeah, well, now you have uh, Sierra's husband. So yeah. that, that's, that's my huge. king and queen. Yeah, I mean, he wanted no part of the NFC West, and then he went to the AFC West. I'm like, what, what are you doing? You think that's going to be easier? Yeah, he's just he's ready for the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, he looked pretty ready for it last year with her five. Oh, my win. God, he was hurt. Yeah, he had, but, and he has some eighty-year-old dude calling plays for him. Yeah, but didn't you see that sick documentary about how he got back? Yeah, that was not not the move. Yeah, yeah, love is hard, but he was clearly still injured. He's a really, really cool guy. <laughs> he's uh, a cornball, but he's pretty good at football. He's super lame. Jimmy Garoppolo, also somebody we could see on the move. Uh, Trey Lance is you're seeing that he's going to start, but they're going to keep Garoppolo. Doesn't really make yeah, a lot no. of sense. Uh, Garoppolo isn't awesome, but he does win football games fresh off of Final Four. Uh, it, very odd. Yeah, I kind of thought uh, Jimmy G would have got traded by now. I think the Colts were kind of always the leader for that. Steelers, and too. and it did Pulled up with out. that ice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, who, the only teams that really need a quarterback right now that aren't like going forward in the draft are like the Panthers and the Seahawks. I mean, Seahawks have Drew Locke, so... But Panthers, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know where Jimmy G fits into all this. but Yeah, Seahawks definitely need a quarterback before mentioning Drew Locke. <laughs> but it, it is going to be fun. Uh, the, the draft is always a great time for us to get together and uh, act like we know what's going on when we're actually not going to know for probably close to a full calendar year. Is there, is there usually NBA playoffs going on? I feel like there's not. I, feel, I don't remember any NBA playoffs going on last year. I remember baseball being on some TVs. I feel like I feel there the is. NBA playoffs started. People sleep on how long early. the NBA playoffs actually are. I mean, the finals are like, June second, like second week of April. To I, I just don't remember there ever being like playoff games on. Yeah, it's it's happening, man. Oh, well, yeah, there's gonna be uh some, some good some pretty important games too. Raptors, Sixers. I'll, I'll probably game be, six on at the same time. Probably be locked into most of those. But you know, the draft yeah, is one I of those mean, things but, you can yeah, pick but, at. Yeah, you can look at it like every five minutes and see every single pick. You don't have to watch the coverage and talk about. Who who's all family died in horrific ways? Yeah, oh my god, the 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 tragedy. Did you see this year, they have a whole separate channel for that this year. It's like go to ESPN two for the the prospects' journey to the draft because they got so oh much hate last god. year. Oh my god, a dude would be drafting like the fourth round. Like yeah, his mom and dad both died when he was born. That is uh, the the tragedy porn they they use on the on the broadcaster are just insane. Like let's talk about the worst moment of their there lives might, right there during might the be best. Four there might be four games on draft night, but doubtful. The Hawks have to win tonight, and then there's already three. It's going to be the Sixers-Raptors game six, the hopefully the Utah Jazz funeral, and then Heat-Hawks-If-Ness, and then Suns-Pels. 
Sounds fine. Yeah. Looks like we'll be going to O'Dolly's, one of the nicest places in the city. Perfect spot to watch exactly four things. Great. Yeah, exactly four. (laughs) Not not anymore, not any less. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. A little better than my living room because of that extra TV. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to the draft. Uh, Other stuff going on. Wow. Uh, We want to tackle this cookout thing. Man, I got so many Florida State you got students in my absolutely messages on today. Just because of saying cookout. L, I got eighteen year olds just telling me L. Because <laughs> we're not gonna have a cookout. I couldn't believe because, it. I mean, yeah, I'm team anti cookout these days. You know, if we were lost fair and square, that's fine. You know, like hats off to Tallahassee, I guess. But we won. We won the Instagram poll like fifty to thirty three percent, and we won the Facebook poll like forty eight to twenty seven percent or something. We had an enormous amount of more votes. We lose the Twitter poll by like two hundred votes. Like, all right, we're building one in Tallahassee then. You you, like, you did know, not fire fire the social media manager. It's just different if you would have come out and said, Hey, uh Twitter, this is it. Tallahassee, Tallahassee sucks. Put it in Louisville. All you said was, "Hey, doesn't this count?" I mean, it's a fair question. Slaughtered by ATL. Yeah, I mean, you're getting just annihilated on there. I I didn't understand it. I got hit with seven L's. Some dudes, and yeah, they count. This dude's so mad they lost. You know, I'm just a fan of democracy. And if we're not going to count the votes, then what are we doing? I was going to stand up for you, but I was like, I don't need this. You don't want. You don't want it. I almost deleted tweet, but I didn't want to get coward. Yeah, which is which is. I'm tired of. I'm tired of 18 year olds tweeting L at me in ratio. Yeah, you. <laughs> Even though my my tweet got like over a hundred likes, so they're getting ratio. Yeah, it's a good tweet because uh, it, it's fair, and I but think the, the first L got like sixty three likes. The city of Louisville, <laughs> I think, stands with you in that because I, I messaged you. I was like, "Wow, this is tied." We were pretty locked into this twenty four hour cookout poll. Yeah. Anybody that's ever went to Lexington or Bowling Green understands that cookout is a great cheap place to eat if you're out and about late at night. And as we've seen this transition with McDonald's all closing at like 11, and it, especially since COVID hit, there's so many less, there's way less places that are open past midnight if you may need some food, which we are in that boat sometimes. And cookout, you could just More count on it. Yeah, I mean, you get a corn yeah, dog it's and like some chicken nuggets, a burger for five 50 different bucks. things on the menu. Yeah. Yeah. It just, just egregious. Uh, I, you know, I was telling you, I was like, oh, it's over, man. We have 10,000 more votes on the other social media platforms i guess are not as important as twitter but you know i was like man i'm about to just we got we got jack in the box coming here uh coming to valley station i'm about to just full full on team jack in the box you know f- cookout at this point right yeah me and my homies hate cookout. I can't be- yeah I, I can't believe that happened because you, you were like until yeah until they write this wrong and bring one to louisville i went to instagram openly post on their twitter Tallahassee. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that's going to get us back. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like looking at our little topic sheet. I was like, yeah, we're going to have this cookout thing on here because this is insane that they did this to us. As What did this city do to them? It doesn't make any sense. It's a and bad business model. What is Outer Banks in Baltimore even doing on there? They got 3%. Unbelievable. That's what killed us. They'll still, they'll still, yeah, those 3% of votes would have went to Louisville. And it's Outer Banks. You know people are only voting for that that don't care. That are like, oh, that show's sick. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, they deserve one. People don't live anywhere near it. I mean, where's John B. going to go late at night? That's real you votes that know. they got. It's oh, it's insane. It, it, absolutely terrible. And, yeah, like, they're looking at the state of Kentucky, and they're like, yeah, Bowling Green, awesome city. Uh, the population is over a million. Tallahassee's is like 200,000. Yeah, and not to mention maybe Bowling Green and Lexington just dominating us with their cookouts. 
Yeah, what a nightmare. Yeah, no, it's hard. And they mean, need to. They need to. I'm. I'm going to get the FBI involved. Somebody needs to do something. Well, we we've been voting on this uh, this South Park music poll, which I think we're the only two people that are really into. But we talk about it basically every day. And yeah. um, get, please, at least they tally all the votes. Yeah. You know, they, if, well, our, if our song loses, we tip cap and say, "Hey, that, that's just democracy." Yeah, because I'll be like, "Wow, you know, what I can't can believe this one lost." And you'll be like, "No, they we won Instagram. You know, it's fine. It's moving on." And then it then it does. You know, yeah. based on the difference. And I guess Cookout just doesn't have the integrity that a great show like South Park has. It's. Uh, it's pretty I think sad. We should start a, a class action lawsuit. I saw somebody respond and say, "Sign the petition." I was like, "Wow!" I signed it just, instantly. Wow. Yeah, I, I did not. Don't do love that. it though because it's been active for six years and it only has like six hundred signatures. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe that's why we don't have one. Yeah, we were dominating that poll. Then we were getting dominated. And then we made a major comeback, and yeah, it's just uh, it, it, it's pretty I, sad. I, I can't stand the people from here. They're like, "Oh, you guys, cookouts overrated, dude." If you go to McDonald's or Taco Bell or any of those things when you're drunk or just out late at night, you're not going because it's a five-star restaurant. We're going because it's open. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, it's so overrated. It's just burgers and fries. Like, yeah, that's what I like. We're not going to propose to our women there. We're (laughs) going because they're starving. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, and then they started started a poll right after about their new summer milkshake flavor. I was ready to cause a scene. (laughs) Nobody vote on this it doesn't matter what you vote it doesn't matter <laughs> they've already made up their mind they have bots voting for tallahassee at the last second oh my god what a joke i, I think we have to go vandalize the, the tallahassee one opening day yeah i don't know maybe louisville can. will be there for a sporting event and we're just we just happen to be in the city that's our alibi yeah florida state cookout revenge game next year i can't wait to root and bet against florida state every single match of both sports next which year. is not their fault you know it really is yeah, but yeah. but you just, know, some of their players collateral damage and some of their players and coaches Probably may have voted cookout. Or yeah. could be tweeting you, honestly. But yeah, they're, they're all tweeting me. Uh, but yeah, we're anti-cookout forever now. I've probably gotten seven more L's since we sat down to do this. Yeah, um, well, we we absolutely hate cookout. A lot of good stuff going on in the TV world. Barry, after a three-year break, is back. Barry, the genreless HBO show about a uh, hired gun, a mercenary serial killer, Bill Hader, which is also like kind of funny. It's such a wild show. It's tough to explain to someone. Hey, here's why you should watch the show because it's so different. But uh, two seasons out, 30 minutes per episode. So you really flow through it. You can get through a whole season in one little hangout. Uh, season three finally dropped. I mean, it's been forever. I completely forgot about the show. I rewatched I it all. Got canceled. I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah, I have not watched the new season. Oh, I'm gonna wow. For, I'm going to wait for a few episodes to be up because I hate. You are like that. Yeah. Week. I, I, I can't do it. I like to binge. I've been spoiled by Netflix and Hulu. I'm just now watching Better Call Saul for the first time because I didn't, I didn't want to wait. And now it's all on there. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's a good move. But I, I got to say that episode one is uh, just just fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I need to go re- re-watch season one and two because I don't remember what happened because it was four years ago. Yeah, I, I did that, and I finished it yeah. right as the like new season came out. Like you said, you can re-watch out. it. Yeah, yeah, you can rewatch it. And, two hours yeah no that's not true but two days probably four hours (laughs) technically eight but yeah it's uh, a fantastic show we also uh, winning time lakers show have you been watching that yes i am uh, i haven't seen the newest episode but other than that i'm caught up oh my god like five incredible show the show is getting sued jerry west is going to take it to the supreme court because of cry baby how he is act how he's portrayed in the show and i'm kind of thinking you know the version of you on the the show show (laughs) 
It's what he would do. Yeah, it's a, not a great. I don't know if he's thinking about that. What kind of PR team the logo has these days? But uh, but I, I do remember seeing him like introduced the first time. I was like, damn, I didn't know he was such an asshole. Yeah, I never heard that. Definitely. <laughs> so, I, mean, I guess he. I guess he kind of has a point. Yeah, Kareem feels the same way about the show. But I will say, I there is a there's a prestige TV podcast that the Ringer does, and uh, is Bill Simmons' company, and he talks about the show every week and he'll tell you like what's real and what didn't happen. It's incredibly interesting. But at the end, he's always like great TV show though. Like super intriguing, having fun watching. <laughs> it is a good show. And that's what matters. It doesn't that's have to be matters, yeah. like, uh, it says at the beginning, like it's a dramatization, like not all, Every true story has that. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, make it better for TV. Well, a lot of times they do it about these serial killers and stuff. You know, you never get to hear what Whitey Bulger had to say about Black Mass. You know, you just, you do get to hear about all these people that are still alive. I mean, Magic Johnson hated this thing so much, he made his own one for Apple TV before he had even seen it. But I, I think it's an incredibly well casted show, well written. I mean, I, I look forward yeah, to it every single week. Really good. The, the casting is like crazy. So they created the people in a laboratory. Yeah, especially Magic. Yeah, it, magic. It, it looks just like it, Kareem as well, and the Larry Bird haircut is just dead on. Uh, I don't know if he was like dipping like that, and if he was that mean. But um, we'll wait for Larry Bird I've, to file a class I've, action lawsuit. See, I've actually heard that like Larry Bird was like that though. Yeah, maybe. never heard anything about. Jerry. I, I guess because Jerry West played like so long ago that like maybe it missed my generation or whatever. But most of the stuff I've seen about the show is that Larry Bird was very mild mannered, and although he you know would say things like he he wasn't that big of a dick to Magic all the time. Yeah, that's off the court. Yeah, he's yeah, that, that seems seems reasonable. He's super mean to him. Cannot recommend it enough, though. It's an awesome show. Uh, other things that are going on. We got Ozark back Friday part two. Yeah, final. That's fun. Yep. So that that's all of it. Did you watch part one? You did because I think I saw you pissed. I'm caught up. Yeah. I was super mad. Did not realize it was two parts. So I was like already back invested. Hilarious. Uh, Stranger Things <laughs> season four coming in late May. I just rewatched that. That show is fantastic. I need, I need that rewatch as well. Netflix paid eleven million per episode for season four. Also dropping. Also dropping in parts. So I'm pretty mad about that. Oh wow. Part one and two. I think two is in like September, October. I didn't know that. That's good info. Yeah. So don't don't get too excited on drop day because you're not going to be able to see it all. These kids are going to be twenty five now. Yeah, they're. It's like two and a half years since the last season. Yeah. They're, they're going to have to be like two and a half years later on the show because these kids are going to be driving cars. That's what's wild in the rewatch <laughs> when you get from season one to season three, like yeah, how different like, they all are. are. Completely different people. Yeah, I just cannot wait to see what my man Steve's up to, though. I love that guy, Steve. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, Steve and uh, Dustin got power tandem. Batman and Robin shows incredible. Uh, very worthy of a rewatch. And last thing that came back, something that me and you, just because we got some extra time, a little outro, we have, uh, we've been watching the Kardashians. Kardashians, which I've seen bits and pieces of that uh, chronicles the, the very famous family. You guessed it. They are the Kardashians. It's on Hulu. It used to be keeping up with the Kardashians, but now it's just the Kardashians, which is a monumental change. Well, they retired for like three weeks, I think. Oh, yeah, they, they call it, you know, keeping up with Kardashians from, from, to my knowledge, never really seen like a full episode of it. They were, you know, they were done. They had this big farewell season tour, like this is it. And then six months later, it's announced that, hey, actually we're back on Hulu. I'm, I'm assuming Hulu threw an incredible amount of money at them. Yeah, like a, basically Tom Brady. Fair, because yeah. it's like cult following type stuff. Yeah, no, it is. And uh, you've seen the first two episodes and I've seen the first two episodes. I have. I've been thinking about just doing a segment about this every week. Uh, find it. I don't know. If, I don't know if enough things happen. I mean, how? Not a lot happened. I feel, is it possible though that the Kardashians have more popularity than the Bachelor and Bachelorette? Is it possible? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, 
It's tough. I I think so, man. I, Maybe not like I don't know. I don't know like viewers wise, but like them like as a family. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Maybe not like people watching locking into the shows, but like followers and right. Get your thoughts on it before I give you mine. The first two episodes, we 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 power through them. They're about forty five minutes long. It, what what do you think? Ah, uh, you know, like I said, it's like it's all like this um, SNL prep. Which to to be fair, Kim K's episode of Saturday Night Live was very good. I really enjoyed it. Laughed a bunch. Can't say I laugh a bu- at a bunch of Saturday Night Lives. You know, I feel like she just she t- she didn't hold back any of the jokes. I thought she would. Uh, I wish there was a couple more Kanye jokes in the opening, but you know, don't love the not a big Amy Schumer guy. Don't love the Amy Schumer content very much, but yeah, I, I don't know. Ending uh, episode one where they're like, "Oh my god, there might be more of a sex tape coming out." I thought that was like kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, groundbreaking been like, stuff. Been like thirty years, and like, where if if you had this, it would have came out already. You know? Yeah, and you like, don't think is, it all might. Was Ray J trying to prove at this point? You know, <laughs> like he's not trying to rise up the charts. Yeah. I would assume unless he's dropping a new album or something. If Ray J had one wish, it would probably be to be relevant again. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the way to do you it. You don't think maybe some stuff like that is uh, kind of staged? Yeah, they just happen to be reshooting. Well, dude, that's all reality TV, though. Like, you got to know what it is when you're going into it. Yeah, I, I guess I. You can say the same shit about a bunch of stuff that happens on The Bachelor or whatever. I, any other reality? I guess I watch. just expected some more integrity from all these billionaires. <laughs> I mean, they're this is the first episode. They're trying to rehook people onto it. Yeah, I, I it kind of worked for me. I was like, oh damn, like this about to come out. And then I'm like, wait a second, this was filmed like seven months ago. I feel like I would have seen all about this. Yeah, I'm browsing. <laughs> I'm browsing what I'm browsing. A few things on the show. Uh, the intro is hard. It is hard yeah. when they're going around all it's their hard. sick houses and they like got the drone flying through the buildings. And Bruno stuff. Mars, Anderson Pack, the Silk Sonic on in the background. It's it's basically like, yeah. oh, you didn't know we were rich. Well, we are. You know, we were back after retiring for six months. How's that? Has that Hulu payment, peasant? You know, that's what it feels like. But it's cool. It really puts you in your place as a viewer. You know, like who am I to yeah. say anything about these people? Yeah, my house is bigger than your entire city. Just an absolute elite intro. It's the best one I think I've seen since Ballers, uh, with the right they above have it. A cookout intro. there too. Yeah, um, the show might be worse than Ballers. So, Ballers. Um, <laughs> so uh, some good acting in that show though. The first episode, you know, they're they're getting back together. One of them's sick. You know, oh no, are they going to be able to make it? It's Jed COVID, bro. It's intense, man. Thought she had the flu. It's it's good, you know. It, be taking care of your body, mon- yeah. self reporting. Right. Well, Paul George action. Uh, she still does she still date uh, Booker? Uh, I think so. Are we going to get any Devin Booker appearances? I hope so. Or just Tristan Thompson? Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson's in there. Now, him and Chloe are just friends right now, which we learned, which yeah. is big. Tristan Thompson. Just co-parenting. I was excited to see him in there because he's a pretty stand-up guy. You know, nothing like Tristan Thompson yeah, getting guy. you three and three off the bench. <laughs> I didn't even know he played for the Bulls until the playoffs started. I thought he was on the Kings. <laughs> he get in there, give you a couple hard fouls. Cavs give him $121 million. He's in the show. Uh, so that's going on. That's really important. Uh, season one, they're all back. And I mean, let me tell you, Courtney and Travis Barker, they can't stop making out. You know, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal, right? Because they're in the same neighborhood and they're in separate houses, but they got to get in the same house. And it's huge. I mean, this stuff, got is, to. Like, it's intense. What are they going to do? They're getting shown the house and no, they'll just gonna buy a big house. They'll start making <laughs> out right in front of the realtor. You know, who cares? Who cares? They're Courtney yeah, and Travis Barker. They'll make out. I didn't love that. Yeah, so they're doing a bunch of making out. I've heard a lot of talk about um, 
things being wide, and by things I mean vaginas. Uh, their vaginas are too wide for certain oh, outfits. Yeah, and that, those two dudes were just trying to enjoy their lunch. And they're like, "Hi, hey." First of all, how do they? How are those two dudes even sitting there? How do they not have the entire restaurant blocked off? Yeah, it's it's me trying it's to enjoy the, the Suns game on my phone. What are we doing? Yeah, I. I, I don't understand it. Why they sit next to those peasants? They probably make three million a year doing something. SNL stuff, though. I mean, it's groundbreaking. I mean, should Kanye be the musical guest? I mean, f- Austin, it would be cool as hell for the kids to I watch for one day. Halsey. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, after Halsey singing the worst song I've ever heard in my life. It's it's huge. Okay, we're not gonna do this Halsey slander. We could do the Kardashians. No, but I, she she has bangers, but just not the songs that. I didn't enjoy the songs that she performed. I can't remember what she did. I have to go back and rewatch that episode because I cannot get enough of uh, just the Kardashians in general. But uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's really important. I'm thinking about doing a segment on it. Uh, I, I mean, God, it just, it, it's riveting, riveting stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, what, what day does it come out? Thursdays? Man, I'm locked in. I'm pretty sure it's Monday. Thursdays. Man, I, I just I might I, I I'm canceling our draft plans. Oh, really? I, I got something to do. Man, I gotta say though, I think it's like a midnight type deal. Oh, midnight like oh like Wednesday night or like Thursday. I night? think it might be Thursday, but this is huge. You know, me and you are pretty new to this. Thursday at midnight, we watch a draft and we go home, then we live tweet it together. Yeah. Uh Oh, that would be huge. I mean, we've been waiting for the opportunity draft to blow goes up off right around. Draft usually goes off right around midnight. That could be the case. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty new to this. But let me tell you, I've seen a bunch of episodes of this show in the past. Uh, do, let, me just get, oh, let me just fire up my Hulu app. It'll tell me when That's what I'm trying to, to do. It's it's loading slow. It's probably because all the people checking to see what time the Kardashians oh, drop. I was, on the, I was on the cookout Instagram page. Right? You just let them have it. Oh, nice. Block. Yeah, I was happy to see you give Royce White the business today, too. It was, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Uh, who? How is his opinion even noteworthy? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I've, was he an assistant coach in the G League? I've never had. They want, more, me, they want me to get on there and make some quotes. Never had more of a problem with uh, a famous person, a kind of famous person that I have. <laughs> I don't with know Royce he's White. Yeah, me and him have. Uh, we go back. Let's see, episode three available Thursday at midnight, so Wednesday night. Oh, so two about twenty six hours away. Oh my god, I'm hours. have to call into work. Yeah, I will be working from home. You want to come over and watch it? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Looks like uh, it's going to be Ken preparing for her SNL debut for the third straight week. Oh, nice. I didn't get enough of that. <laughs> Do you think one of the episodes is just going to be that episode? No. They probably don't have the rights. Yeah, it makes sense. But, I mean, God, they <laughs> do know what I'm talking five about. Five months ago. Oh, man, that is uh, that is intense. I'm I'm just happy Courtney and Travis are getting more serious though because they knew each other for a while they were always oh, we friends. got uh yeah we got the surprise proposal coming up this week too oh my god only forty four minutes I that's bullshit they might let me rent out a room at give a chase. me two hours yeah that's what sucks yeah. about it is yeah. that it ends so quickly and maybe there'll be like one hundred and fifty episodes though you could tell that they're really hard on the material you know like they probably cut a lot out because everything you get on there is just full of substance. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nothing else to add. Yeah, all right, this was fun. Uh, maybe we'll just keep doing this each week. Maybe I don't need another person to talk about the Kardashians since you're faithfully I'll be watching. watching. Yeah, did you watch it on your own? Uh, you know, like the first twenty minutes. Okay, I saw it. I saw everybody talking about. It. I was like, you open Hulu, is the only thing you could see. I was, I was just doing work. You know, just need something on the TV. I wasn't going to put something on that I wanted to pay attention to. So. Threw it on and never threw it off. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. That'll wrap it up. I think I've seen the first episode six times. Uh, 
episode recap. That show is really good. A lot of other really good shows are back or are coming back. NBA playoffs, a lot of good stuff going on every single night. TNT or ESPN. And the NFL draft is returning. Oh, and we all hate cookout. And that's all we got this week. Yeah, that's a, that's it for me. I, I got to go get ratioed on Twitter. All right, Austin's going to get ratioed. I am going to bed. TTYL. <laughs> <laughs>